Hey there, and welcome to What's the Story. We're an inquisitive bunch of hosts from the What's the Story team on a mission to uncover stories about faith and courage from everyday people. In doing that, we get the privilege of chatting with amazing guests and have the opportunity to delve into their faith journey, the hurdles they've overcome, and the life lessons they have learned along the way. If you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for our weekly newsletter at our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. It's your direct line to the latest episodes and detailed show notes delivered straight into your inbox. And the best part, it's totally free. What's the Story is brought to you by Crown Church, who fully understand that stepping into a traditional church might not be everyone's cup of joe. Crowd Church provides a digital sanctuary, a safe space to explore the Christian faith where you can engage in meaningful conversations rather than just simply spectating. So whether you're new to the Christian faith or in search of a new church family, visit crowd.church. And if you have any questions at all, just drop them an email, hello at crowd.church. They would love to connect with you. And now let's meet your host and our special guest for today. Hi there and welcome to another episode of What's the Story podcast. I'm Anna Kettle, your host for today. And today I'm joined by Joe Roper, who is an obs and gynae doctor. Now Joe is married to Mark, who's the leader of Fabric Church, which is an HTB plant. And she's also part of the leadership team for the church too. Joe's parents had a long wait for children. And this is part of the reason that she's so passionate about this subject. Although infertility has not been a personal issue that she's faced. She's been alongside many close friends in their fertility journey and feels passionate about supporting and praying for people who are going through that issue. Jo now also hopes to co-lead Waiting for Children, which is an HTB-led six-week online course specifically designed to support Christian families facing challenges with fertility of all kinds. Jo, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's lovely to see you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's great to see you. So um, I suppose we should probably start a little bit um, at the beginning of your story, Joe, because we're yeah. here to talk about, uh, I know you're going to talk a little bit about fertility because that's something you are very passionate about and you work in. Mm. Um, but yeah, let's start at the beginning of your story because that kind of interweaves, doesn't it? Like yeah. we touched on it in your bio there and your parents had some difficulties with yeah, having children. So- yeah, they had um, unexplained infertility and um, they were told, uh, well, it wasn't completely unexplained. They had some some, some issues on both sides, um, mum and dad. And so um, they were told that they would never be able to conceive themselves um, and obviously prayed a lot about that um, and, and waited for five years, basically. Um, and then, yeah, miraculously had me, which was very good for me um and um I think having been told that story lots of times I mean they made leaflets to give out to every single person they knew um there's still leaflets flying around that get get brought out every now and again with a picture of me on um they were just so so grateful and they just wanted to tell everyone um how great God was and um how thankful they were basically so I think that kind of it's just kind of started in me that kind of feeling that this is something that people go through and it's a really big deal um um so yeah I think that's like that's the start of it um for me yeah that's amazing um and you're are you their only child um they did actually go on and have my brother as well so um there's two of us (laughs) wow yeah so definitely presumably like lots of hoping and praying and years of waiting and then yeah yeah, children which was amazing um 
So, um, obviously you grew up in a Christian family then you've like yeah. alluded to that faith was kind of a big part of your family. So tell us a bit more about your sort of early life kind of, you know, how did, how, obviously you've grown up in that Christian context as faith always being important like what what point yeah yeah so certainly my parents would you know took us to church and 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 just kind of gave us that um all the all that they felt basically all all that um they kind of taught us and um guided us um but obviously I think it was really obvious as well that they were it was important to them that we decided ourselves um and yeah I think most of the time I would have been happy to go to church. Um, and then really it was the year after my, after I'd finished school. Um, so my gap year before I went to uni, um, I spent, uh, six months living on a mercy ship in West Africa. Um, wow. and that's obviously a Christian organization I'd chosen to go there. Um, but I think that was probably the first time that I'd had a very individual faith and made those decisions myself to keep on following, keep on um yeah praying and and spending time with Jesus so I think that was really formational in um in my faith journey really um and I think that was just a great way to go into uni I think having had that experience already of being on my own but living in a Christian environment and being encouraged um was really important um yeah yeah I imagine um imagine being on something like mercy ships is quite transformative especially as obviously you've gone on to train as a doctor yeah so I imagine was that quite an important part of your journey as well yeah so I'd already chosen to do medicine I had already got a place at med school um but yeah I was just so keen to experience anything medical um and it was just a fantastic place to see some amazing lives transformed but also with the you know spreading the love of Jesus as well at the same time which was brilliant um and so I think I yeah I just loved it and was so excited to start training and to be able to go and do stuff like that in the future yeah that's fab and then obviously you did you did go on and do that in the future and still doing it as well like church planting and all sorts of stuff with yeah. others. so um yeah it's obviously the start of quite a you know cool journey with God yeah um but one of one of the um obviously we've touched on it but one of the really big passions you've got you know often people come on here and talk about challenges that they faced personally and Mm. I think um I'm sure you have to you know faced various challenges but one of the things you're really passionate about is this whole area of fertility and you know you work to support people as an obs and gynae doctor Mm. you're going through fertility and so you've touched that that's been a personal story in your own family as well and and um also you're so passionate about supporting other people with it so can you tell us a bit more about about that kind of journey how did that become a thing and yeah, and I think, do that both as a doctor and pastorally yeah I th- so in OBS and Gynae, um I spend a very small amount of my time doing fertility work um yeah it's it's yeah it's not sort of the main part of my job um but actually it's probably mostly through friends that um I've been alongside people who've been through that journey and I think you can just see how it's it it yeah it breaks people um and it's all consuming and um and so I think going through that with friends and just trying my best to support I just felt like I wanted to do something even more um 
and it was actually at New Wine um, uh, nearly five years ago now. I went to a seminar uh, for couples with infertility um, led by Saltwater and Honey. Mm -hmm. And um, it was them talking about a support group that someone at their Bible college had set up. And um, they said, oh, it was a lady who hadn't been through this journey and just wanted to support people. And I think that was what I'd always felt was that I was a bit disqualified from doing much more because I hadn't personally experienced it. And I didn't want anyone to feel that I, yeah, that I didn't really know what they were going through because I really don't. Um, Mm. And so it was them almost giving the permission to say, well, it doesn't matter if you've got that heart, you can do something. Um, And so I came back to HTB where we were at the time um, and spoke to someone and said, what can I do? And it turned out there was a course that had already been written um, by another couple, Alex and Rebecca Stewart, many years ago, who'd Mm. been through an infertility journey. They'd written Waiting for Children and run the course themselves and then and then left HDB and and no one else had picked it up. So no, it hadn't been run for a while. Um, And so I thought, great, the material's already there. I don't need to even sit down and do much. I just need to run it. Um, And so that's when we started running Waiting for Children. Um, That's that's cool. And so, yeah, it's it's just, it's something that God has just laid on my heart. And I think when we talk about God breaking your heart for 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 a people group or for a you know certain thing that's what he's done with this for me because I I just yeah just want to do something yeah that's that's so cool because I mean I think there are a few things in churches now but I still think it's quite I think a lot of churches are quite poorly resourced on this whole Mm -hmm. area and when you think like it's, it's something like one in four couples go through miscarriage and one in seven maybe through yeah. infertility struggles yeah. of some some kind and that's a lot of people in everyone's congregation right that are affected by this issue at some point um yeah and it feels like there aren't that many resources and and there isn't that much good teaching about this subject really mm-hmm. in a lot of churches still so such a valuable resource and if anybody's interested in finding out a bit more about it or coming along to course I mean can you tell us a bit more about it like what does it involve and yeah so um, so actually because we started in lockdown we started it online and actually we've continued that way I think we found that it makes it accessible to anyone and um, we've had people from all across the world um, mostly across the UK but yeah um, some people from abroad joining um, and and it makes it a little bit anonymous as well I think people can decide whether they want to put their names on the screen or whether they want to put their camera on that kind of thing and I think that that just makes it more accessible I think people feel able to come along which is great um so yeah so it's an online course um we so we run it um through HDB usually once a year now and then there's another um almost identical course running online through another church in Oxford um and so basically we've had yeah a range between sort of 10 or 40 couples on each course um we have five weeks um covering um the effect on couples infertility treatments adoption um something we call living fruitfully so essentially potentially living without children um and then um, dealing with loss um and each week we have a couple who come and share their story on that particular subject. 
Um, and yeah, and I think that's probably the the amazing part of the most amazing part of the mm-hmm. course is that you know it's people just being completely real, what they've been through, how they dealt with it, how it affected their marriage, how it affected their faith, um, mm-hmm. and just an encouragement. I think hopefully, um, and then similar to the marriage course, we have just a few spaces for the couples to speak within their couples. So um, you pose a question and then give them five, ten minutes to talk about it between themselves in a way just to encourage them to actually make us have some of those difficult conversations, I think, because, yeah, it's not going to be something you typically sit down at the end of the day and think, OK, let's have that really difficult conversation. So it's like, OK, yeah. well, we've got the space now. Um, and and yeah, that's kind of the that's the the, the course. Yeah, that sounds, it sounds a really valuable resource that I'm sure some people listening will either want to access themselves or know people who might find it helpful to access. So just to say we will include all the information about how you can find out more or register for the next course kind of on the show notes as well. Um, So we'll include that at the end of the podcast. Um, But you also have like, so that that's one area that you're serving this kind of group. But then you also more recently have had a bit more of a personal way that you've supported a friend who's been through years of infertility as well, haven't you? Can you tell us a bit more about that as well? Yeah, so um, really close friend of mine um, from school. So we knew each other at at secondary school and then we went to university together. she ended up needing a hysterectomy because she had cancer um and so obviously wasn't going to be able to carry her own children um and so actually when she got married um me and my husband offered that we could carry their child if they wanted to um she still had her ovaries so um it was completely genetically their child um and i carried it for them so that was um that was nearly four years ago that they got married and we sort of started that that process um and then yeah it was it was a very interesting thing to go through I think like it was absolutely amazing experience um I think going through some of the IVF process kind of mm. made it even more real to me what other people have to go through um mm. obviously I think I came at it from a very different way it was it was a physical thing I was going through not so much of not so much an emotional thing obviously I cared but um it wasn't personally for me um Mm. and and yeah so um yeah baby Phoebe was born in February this year um and she's wonderful her parents are very happy um we yeah thankfully it was a very straightforward pregnancy and it was just I think it's just an amazing experience to go through I think I I kind of knew that I probably would go into it in a very different way from my own carrying my own children. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite a black and white thinker. So, um, you know, things are good or bad, things are easy or hard. Um, and, and I kind of knew that I would just go into this, like, I know that I'm doing this for her and I never wanted another baby. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this is a gift for them. And yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Um, and I think, it's been a brilliant way for us to explain to our children what people go through and um and just to to bring up this conversation with people um who might yeah. not know about it 
Yeah, I mean, that is, to me, that is an amazing gift to give to someone. To, like, uh, what an incredible gift to give to a friend that, you know, because that, that is, although obviously they've been through a lot with, you know, years of not thinking they could have children. Yeah. But obviously there's a personal cost there for you that's pretty big as well. Like carrying a baby for someone else is no small thing. Like it's not, it don't, being a donor is becoming more common, but it's still not super common, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know anyone else in my personal life who's done that. Yeah. So it's still relatively rare. And I think yeah, it, basically giving up your your body at least for a year for someone else, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I think it was so... Yeah. It's interesting. We had a couple on waiting for children who talked about um, mm. using a surrogate, so so they couldn't carry their children, so they they had a surrogate. Um, and she described it really well. Actually, just said it's it's a grace that God gives these people to do this, and I do totally feel that. I mm. I think I I know that God gave me the grace to to do that, and it didn't. It just didn't feel like a huge thing for me to mm. do. Um, and yeah, you know, there were bits that were difficult and there were bits that, um, you know, I was a bit fed up by the end of carry, carrying, a, carrying a baby. Um, but, but I think it just, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was kind of just always what I felt I wanted to do. And, um, it was interesting when I brought it up with my husband, he said, Oh, I thought you might want to do that. <laughs> That's interesting, did he? Yeah. And and was Mark always on board with that as well, or did it take him a bit longer? Or yeah, I, think he, I mean, he he's very he's got a very good understanding of me, um, and so I think yeah, when he said I thought you might want to do that, I think probably he had probably already started preparing himself for it as well. Mm. Um, he said that I um, generally when I've got something into my head that I want to do there's not much that anyone else can do um to stop me um and I think obviously he completely realized the the reasons behind it and was completely supportive of that um obviously he was concerned about my health and things like that but um again I think I mean he used to be a doctor as well so I think having that kind of medical understanding as well um you're a little Mm. bit able to more rationalize it and kind of be like well actually the majority of these things go okay and um yeah so I think being able to do that and and then also obviously having faith and being able to to pray over me and the baby and everything Mm. the whole process just yeah we were given peace about it yeah I think what you said before about how there's a real grace from God when he calls you to do something I think that's really true and Mm. I suppose it's true for any area of our life, actually, isn't it? That actually when God calls you to do something, even yeah. if it's something that sounds difficult to other people, like there's a grace for you to do it because God's yeah. asked you to and he'll, yeah. he'll give you the tools and the help that you need. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that must be really true. Yeah. And, and also, Joe, you sort of strike me as someone who's pretty up for a challenge anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've also just moved from you know kind of the outskirts of London to to Manchester to yeah. a new church for HDB so yeah. I mean you strike me as one who's booked for a challenge and yeah, I'd love to hear a bit more about that as well actually. Yeah that's so that has been another thing that that that's probably been like um another huge challenge in the last few years so um so as I sort of just mentioned Mark was a doctor as well so we both um trained in Birmingham lived in Birmingham for almost 10 years um working as doctors um had our first two children and um and it had kind of always been on 
our radar that Mark might be called to ministry, um, mm. but we didn't know quite how that would happen or how that would look. Um, <clears throat> and and then, yeah, so it all became kind of a bit more obvious. And um, so he started training um, in St. Melitus in London. That was in that was the same year um, that our twins were born. So that was 2015. And so he was commuting one day a week to London to train. And again, we just had no idea what was going to happen at the end of that. But we kind of trusted um, God had already provided amazing things for us, like childcare mm. that we could afford while we were both working part time and all that kind of thing. Um, and so we got to the end of the three years of training. And again, we're trying to work out how this is all going to work out. And God um, very clearly called us to London, um, which was unexpected. And mm. um, so we had this kind of few months of trying to work out how this was going to all work in our lives. How was my job going to work? How was the, you know, housing and children and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that was when God really taught me about, you know, if I've called you to something, I'll sort out all the details and mm. you have to just go. Um, and so, yeah, so we went to London and, um, and all the details fell into place. Some of them not till we got there, but, um, it was just amazing to see the way that yeah god was sorting everything and then um and then we moved within london so that after two years we moved on to site of htb um, which was again another kind of is this really what we need to do but it was yeah. the right thing and it all was fine um and then we actually knew from when we moved to london that we probably wouldn't be there long term and there was this talk of manchester and and that kind of grumbled along with covid and how was that mm -hmm. going to work and there weren't any buildings and that kind of thing um for a church in manchester um and so again we kind of knew that we were coming and it was it was completely uncertain how it was all going to work out um but very clear that that's what god wanted us to do so um we i had found a building that we wanted to buy um but there were complications with it and we needed to get things approved by the council to be able to buy it so we moved to manchester in july we didn't have a building um to start a church in um we've been meeting in a nightclub which has been really fun um cool. And and actually, yeah, all the stuff for the council came through in I think it was September, um, and we have now bought the building, um, and we're hoping to move in um, in the in the new year. So I think just part of that has just made me trust God so much more. Each time we've moved, each time it's been uncertain. I think mm. I've been able to look back and be like, "Oh God." has sorted it out before so I've got to trust and and as and has given me peace in the moment um yeah most of the time I'm not I'm not a particularly good person with uncertainty and change um but but God has managed to to keep me going <laughs> yeah and it seems to me that like quite often when we're not good and I don't think many of us are very good at like yeah. uncertainty and living in limbo but it actually strikes me that like yeah kind of God asks us to do that quite a lot to keep kind of moving and journeying with him yeah and, um, it strikes me that that's I don't know there's not that you know there's some certain parallels there with living with infertility as well isn't there yeah. it's like an uncertainty and a living in limbo in that as well so yeah. again I think there's this kind of empathy even in other areas 
because yeah. uncertainty is hard in any area of life isn't it living yeah with that. totally yeah definitely yeah but um yeah I mean I yeah I I I love I love that you guys have done that and you know again we'll put all the details of Fabric Church um in the show notes because if anyone's in or near Manchester and is interested in checking you guys out yeah please and um tell us a bit more about Tell us just a little bit more about the church then, kind of what are you guys up to? Like what what's kind of your focus or Yeah, so we um we have like a congregation that seems to be so varied, it's amazing. Um so we've got lots of students, um, lots of young adults. I mean the city centre is just there's accommodation going up everywhere. Um high rises of flats and yeah. student accommodation and stuff. So there's loads and loads of young people living in the city centre at the moment. Um and even more to come. Um so yeah we've got loads of them and then some families, we've got some children. Um and yeah it's just it's just really exciting. We've um we've already got um a student pastor who's working with students which is amazing. Um, we've got a kids worker um and we're just kind of, yeah, we've been kind of growing slowly over the, yeah, we've been running 11 or 12 weeks now mm-hmm. and um, just trying to work out exactly how we can use our building the best, basically. It's just on the edge of the um, the ring road um, in Manchester, um, mm-hmm. like eight minutes walk from Piccadilly Station. Um, and it's got loads and loads of space where we're going to have to work. <laughs> slowly through it none of it is actually usable initially um but we're kind of transforming some of it so we can move in initially and then over there's a plan for over the next few years to kind of do all the other bits um but yeah we're just trying to work out how we can um serve that community um use use the space um to help them during the week um we've been running alpha at a skate park which is pretty cool um just really close to where the building is as well um and we've got beer and carols on Thursday, which will be really fun as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of just working out how to do things um, to help the, the community around us at the moment. That sounds great. Sounds really great. And definitely check it out if you're in the area. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I honestly we could kind of keep talking about all of this for ages, couldn't we? But I suppose sort of like pulling it all together then. Um, what would you say kind of because we've talked a bit about change and talked about fertility and supporting people who are going through that and talked a bit about kind of um yeah kind of trusting god in the middle of all mm-hmm. the kind of unknowingness of life and and change but like what would you say is kind of the one big lesson or like life motto that you've developed to this point if you could even like distill it down <laughs> to one thing really I, we yes. always ask this on what's the story and I know it's a really hard question to ask at the end yeah so I would I would say um one of my favorite verses um comes from a psalm um is seek peace and pursue it and I think that has been something that I have strived not always managed to but strived to kind of do in all of this and through all of this so um uh yeah we I recently had it tattooed on my foot um but I think it's it's something that probably isn't my default, um, mm. and but I really value it when I when I know that I do it properly. God God provides it, and and I think um, 
you know, Jesus says, I give you peace that passes all understanding. And there are, mm-hmm. there are definitely so many moments when we, we won't get the peace. We won't be able to find the peace, um, on our, in our own strength. Um, and so knowing that we can, you know, ask Jesus for it and, um, and it will be, yeah, deeper than we can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. is so important and I think that the the really important part is the pursue because I yeah. think you can ask but you you've got to really seek it you've really got to want it and to yeah. and to dig deep sometimes because this because some of life is just so so heartbreaking so hard and so it's it's so important to do that yeah yeah and that was Psalm 46 did you say seek yeah. peace and pursue it yeah. yeah, I really love that. It's, that's a really nice life motto. And as you say, peace is something that you continually have to pursue in this, mm. particularly in this world, because we're so busy, aren't we? And there's so much going on and coming at us all the time. Mm. Like it is something you sort of constantly have to wrestle for and keep pursuing. And yeah. it's quite proactive, isn't it? Was there any particular reason why you did it on your foot or were you just like, that's just where I want to put it? Um... I don't know really. I think I I was I'm always conscious that it has to be somewhere that I can kind of cover up at work or yeah, uh, yeah. That kind of thing. And I think um I guess pursuing it to me sometimes means like moving and doing uh, walking and yeah. my foot. Yeah. It's it's like the place where you would find it. Yeah. I was just thinking of um you know, um a passage of scripture where it talks about um the armor of God as well. Mm. Yeah. I think it talks about the shoes of peace. Mm, yeah. Um, it's just interesting, isn't it? That yeah. actually even biblically, like peace is something you do walk in and yeah. do you kind of strap on your feet and yeah. you have to move yeah. in and okay. choose. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm. Is there anything else um you wanted to kind of tell us about or kind of um share with us before we sort of wrap up? It's been obviously we've covered a lot of ground in quite a short space, really. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think, yeah, I just, yeah, I think waiting for children and just being able to support people and, yeah, yeah, my passion. Well, definitely we will um, share all of the contacts sort of in the show notes, so people please do look up Joe, look up the team. That course is brilliant and I highly recommend it. Um, tell tell us as well joe where can people connect with you how can they find you where's the best place if they if anything you've talked about today has touched a nerve or people want to kind of yeah so i've, I've got instagram, so if you want to message me through instagram um i'm quite good at getting back to people hopefully mm-hmm. um and um i mean if you contacted um hcb through waiting for children um then they would they'd be able to forward it on to me as well so either way and that's just on the hcb website yeah 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 so easy to find and then also I guess through your church which is fabric yes absolutely yeah I don't have a fabric email but um yeah like obviously Mark does so yeah yeah so through the website it's great well Joe, thank you so much for being here today and sharing a little bit about your heart with us it's been really cool to talk to you and just very inspiring to hear how you've um personally kind of walked the talk you know and and done something really practical as well to to just bless somebody in that community so um, thank you so much and thanks for yeah sharing a bit of yourself with us thanks for having me
See you soon. See you. And just like that, we've reached the end of another fascinating conversation. Remember to check out Crowd Online Church at www.crowd.church. Don't forget to subscribe to What's the Story on your favorite podcast app. We've got a treasure trove of inspiring stories coming your way, and we'd hate for you to miss any of them. What's the Story is a production of Crowd Online Church. Our fantastic team, including Anna Kettle, Matt Edmondson, Tanya Hutzelak, and myself, Sadaf Bainan, work behind the scenes to bring these stories to life. Our theme song is a creative work of Josh Edmondson. If you're interested in the transcript or show notes, head over to our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. And while you're there, sign up for our free newsletter to get all the goodness delivered straight to your inbox. That's all from us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.